Chapter 13 of The Ways of St. Anthony. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Michael, Sussex, Wisconsin, USA. The Ways of St. Anthony by Sister M. Josephine. Chapter 13. Sister Salome. Why don't you make your last St. Anthony story a community affair? I heard two of the sisters discussing a remarkable thing this morning, and it just occurred to me that many of the other sisters have had favors done to them too, said Sister Joachim as the two met on the back stairs. That's a fine idea, answered Sister Salome heartily, but do you suppose they would tell their own experiences for publication? Try them, try them, urged Sister Joachim who had been doing some reconnoitering on the subject. I believe I will, replied Sister Salome, but she did not sound very enthusiastic. Sisters did not like to have their affairs in print. But it's all for a good cause, she thought, as she entered the infirmary to visit Sister Irene. Sister Irene had had some sort of stroke, but she was so cheery and patient, it was a tonic to spend five minutes with her. As luck would have it, the infirmarian was there too and she was famous for her stories, so Sister Salome at once began in her most persuasive tone. Sister Ambrose, please tell me a real St. Anthony story, something he did for you, you know. But Sister Ambrose did not respond as she was supposed to do. On the contrary, she looked severely at Sister Salome and remarked, Indeed, then, I'll give you no St. Anthony story. Not if I had a whole field full, I wouldn't, she went on. I gave you an authentic St. Joseph story a long while ago, and you never wrote it. And from that position of defense of her patron saint, Sister Ambrose could not be moved. The invalid and the culprit laughed together. The latter had a guilty conscience, for she knew that Sister Ambrose had justice on her side. And moreover, she was very fond of the infirmarian, who could afford to laugh at her. But to tell the truth, the laugh was mostly on herself. A little later in the morning, she met Sister Estelle, by whom she was accosted. I hear you want some incidents. I have this one for you. And Sister Estelle told her about something that happened when she was a little girl. I remember going home from school one day, she said, and being met at the door by my mother. She was very much distressed, and she told me to go right back to the church and pray to St. Anthony to recover my father's horse and wagon, which had been stolen. I was horror-stricken at such a loss, and I very willingly went. I remember my mother gave me a banana to eat on the way. Isn't it funny how little things like that stick in the mind? And Sister Estelle smiled at the recollection. I suppose I'll remember the banana when I've forgotten all about the horse. Did you get it back? asked Sister Salome. Yes, I made a promise to St. Anthony for his bread fund and said some prayers, and then I went home again. But Mother kept on praying most of the evening. We all felt very bad, and Father was quite upset. We went to bed a very blue family. And what do you think? The next morning at five o'clock, the horse and wagon were found tied to our hitching post. One of the neighbors saw them first and ran over and wakened the family to tell us of it.
That was wonderful, said Sister Salome. Where do you suppose they came from? We never knew, answered Sister Estelle, but my father always thought either someone just borrowed them for some reason and then returned them, or if a thief took them, he got conscious struck and brought them back when no one could see them. That will make a fine beginning, said Sister Salome. Thank you very much, and she started off to find Sister Celestine, who was generally in the community at that hour. She had heard Sister Celestine's story some time before, but had forgotten the particulars, and it was only after she had threatened to make up those parts that Sister Celestine, in self-defense, began. It was one day when two postulants were received. Each one wore a beautiful neck chain, which had been loaned to complete the bridal costume. It was one day when two postulants were received. Each one wore a beautiful neck chain, which had been loaned to complete the bridal costume. When they went into the fore choir to put on their habits, the mistress of novices handed me the chains to care for until they could be returned to their owners. I didn't like the trust very much, but I took them and tied them both in a clean handkerchief, thinking they would be safe there. After the ceremony, I met some friends and we went all over the house and lawns. It was a beautiful day, so we walked more than usual for me, and I didn't get in until the Angelus rang. I stopped long enough to say it just inside the children's refectory door, and then went on in to supper. After I had finished eating, I pulled my rosary out of my pocket, hoping to say a few decades, before the meal was done, when to my surprise and horror, I found one of those chains wound around my rosary. My heart almost stopped beating. Where was the other? I assure you, I began to pray, and I searched my pockets, but the handkerchief was empty and the necklace was gone. Hurriedly, I asked permission to leave, but I was distracted, and I did not know where to go first. I begged St. Anthony to direct me to the place where the necklace was, and then I started out to retrace my afternoon travels. As I passed the children's refectory door, Sister Irene was just getting ready to serve the boarders, and she ignored me when I stopped to ask if she had seen the missing article. But as I turned to go, something bright in the corner caught my eye. I had not been near that corner, but I went over and picked up the necklace. If it had been anywhere else on the floor, it would have been trampled on. But as it was, it was unharmed. Now, finished Sister Celestine, that is my St. Anthony story. Thank you very much, replied Sister Salome. I am glad I didn't have to make up the parts as I threatened. Yours are much better. See that you can use them then, was Sister Celestine's parting shot, as Sister Salome started after Sister Angelica, whose step she had heard in the corridor. Sister Angelica had stopped to speak to Sister Margaret about the lights, so Sister Salome thought this was her chance to kill two birds with one stone. Anything remarkable from St. Anthony in this congregation? She began as she drew near. Any real live favors from the wonder worker? Little Sister Angelica's French eyes sparkled. I sent my mother clothes and money all during the war and I always put a picture of St. Anthony in each parcel, and nothing was ever lost. The dear little nun was in exile, and the war had been very hard on her family in France, 
so her gratitude to the dear Franciscan saint was boundless. I pray to him every day, she added. My tale is a very homely one, said Sister Margaret. One morning I was getting breakfast, and after the hash was made, I went out to the back kitchen to clean the chopping machine. As I passed the table, I picked up a platter with onion peels and scraps on it, and I thought I'd burn them. So I laid the parts of the chopper on the platter to carry them back. There was a big fire in the range, and I scraped the refuge in and went about my work. In a few moments, I remembered about the chopper, and I wanted to put it together so I could set it away. But I couldn't make it fit, and then I discovered that the screw was gone. I looked everywhere for it and finally began to pray to St. Anthony. Then I remembered about burning the refuse, and I opened the door of the range and poked up the coals. St. Anthony was certainly taking care of that screw, for there it was, red hot, but there. Maybe I wasn't clad. You're a fraud, Sister Margaret, said Sister Salome. I don't know whether that tale is about you and the hash, or St. Anthony and the screw. And she went on to find Mother Annunciata, who would be sure to help her out. Mother Annunciata was in her cell, stirring about busily. Why, of course, sister, she replied when asked for a St. Anthony favor. I'll tell you about the pins. That sounds interesting, said Sister Salome. You see, this is the last St. Anthony story, the 13th of my promise, and I want it to be entirely about our own community. Don't you think that would be nice, Mother? Indeed, I do, was the hearty response, and I'll do my part. This is my story. One time, when I had charge of the children, I sent for 18 school pins for different girls who wanted them. When they came, the sealed parcel was given to me at recreation with the other mail. I opened the box and counted them, and finding 18, put the box in my pocket and went to prayers. They were very tiny pins, and I remember wondering that anyone should be willing to pay the price they cost. After prayers, I sat down at my table to read the mail, and I laid the box before me. Then I went to bed. The next day, when I went to give the children their pins, I discovered one was missing. I looked everywhere for it and prayed and prayed to St. Anthony. I was much distressed, for I feared it had been stolen, and I hated to think that. That evening, at five o'clock, we had an extra study hour, and I presided. I said my office as I sat there, and before I began, I made a strong appeal to St. Anthony to let me know where the missing pin could be. Then I got bolder, and I said, Now, St. Anthony... The six Sundays to St. Aloysius begin tomorrow, and if I do not find that pin, I'll stop praying to you and ask him to get it for me. When I had finished my office, I closed the book, and I slipped it into my pocket. As I did so, my hand struck something stiff. I could not imagine what it could be, so I drew it out, and there was the heavy paper in which the box had been wrapped and that little pin inside it. St. Anthony did not want to lose his title of finder of lost things to St. Aloysius. That is a splendid story, Mother Annunciata, said Sister Salome. I don't think we can say St. Anthony has slighted our household, K-12.
can we? No, dear, I don't think we can, replied the older nun. If you need any more, you might ask Sister Cordula, she added as Sister Salome got up to go. That is where I am going now, was the answer, and she went down the corridor and knocked on Sister Cordula's door. Come in, was Sister Cordula's greeting. Come in, Sister Salome, and Sister Salome forthwith did. Sister Cordula, do you know anything about St. Anthony? She asked as she sat down on the proffered chair. St. Anthony is a fine man now, instantly replied Sister Cordula. Why, Sister Cordula, what did he ever do for you? asked Sister Salome insinuatingly. Anything wonderful? He found my brass key, was the answer. One time when I had charge of the priest's house, the retreat priest locked the door when he left and took the key with him. The bishop was coming the next day, and I couldn't get in. So I told St. Anthony he'd have to find it for me, and I promised him a holy communion. Then I tried a key I had tried over and over again, and it turned the lock at once. Sister Salome was disappointed. She couldn't put Sister Cordula's brown eyes and her quaint little Irish manner on paper, and she knew the story wasn't ended. How did the key turn up? she questioned. Well, said Sister Cordula, with a comical little nod, I went to Mother Superior and told her I must have my key back, and she said I'd never get it. The priest would never give a thought to an old brass key. I said, St. Anthony can make him shake out his pockets and give me my key back but she only laughed. So I went off, but I prayed every day, for I was determined to have my key. One day, after about five or six weeks, it came. It was in the mail, and it was addressed to Sister Cordula. There, says I, didn't I say St. Anthony would make him shake out his pockets? And isn't he a fine man now? How did you get along? asked Sister Joachim when Sister Salome appeared once more in the community. Why, I'll read you what I've written just as soon as I put in my own experience about the telegram, answered Sister Salome, sitting down by the table. What was it? I don't think I ever heard it, said Sister Joachim. Oh, yes, you did, replied Sister Salome. Don't you remember the time my nephew, John, was in Washington on business? and I had to get a message to him before he started back. It was so late I was afraid to send it to his business address for fear he had left there, and I was almost equally afraid to entrust it to the care of the conductor of the train. It seemed so useless to waste the money on both, so finally I promised the price of one to St. Anthony for his bread fund if he would see that John got the other. Then I telegraphed in care of the conductor, having got the number of the train from our office here. The next day, when John arrived, I happened to say something about the telegram. Do you know that was the queerest thing, he said? I had just settled my belongings in the Pullman and was sauntering to the smoker when I saw a messenger boy come down the platform. He spoke to the conductor who was standing there and showed him a telegram. The conductor read the address and shook his head in the negative, so the boy started away. 
The thought flashed across my mind that maybe the message was for me. So I stepped to the platform, called the boy, and asked if he had a telegram for me. I have one for Mr. Bradford, he answered. Well, I'm the man, said I, and that's how I got your message. St. Anthony made just $1.35 on that telegram, went on Sister Salome. He believes in saving the pennies and letting the pounds take care of themselves, evidently. There was silence for a little while, broken only by the scratching of Sister Salome's pencil. Then she looked up. Do you know Sister Joachim? She said as she straightened out her papers. I certainly am glad I made this promise to St. Anthony. He has taught me many things I needed to learn. I trust he has increased the confidence of others as he has mine. I've learned some things myself, answered Sister Joachim. But what are you going to do next for the dear Franciscan saint, as you call him? Sister Salome smiled. End of chapter 13, St. Anthony and Our Community Recording by John Michael, Sussex, Wisconsin, USA End of The Ways of St. Anthony by Sister M. Josephine